0: So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac. Cavs fans... Every now and then, something happens that forces you to stop what you're doing immediately and pay attention. Hell, we should know we got to bear witness to perhaps the greatest player ever to pick up a basketball, give us countless memories that we shall never forget for 11 total seasons. From a 22-year-old LeBron James' monstrous 48 performance against the Detroit Pistons in which he scored Cleveland's final 25 points and carried his team to victory in his iconic Block of Andre Iguodala in Game 7 of the 2015-2016 NBA Finals. Or Kyrie Irving's dazzling 57-point outburst over the San Antonio Spurs and his uh, 55-point outburst against the Portland Trailblazers. Sometimes greatness just occurs before our very eyes. And when it does, make no mistake, we need to appreciate it and not take it for granted. Last night, greatness of epic proportion occurred. Donovan Mitchell, the superstar that Cleveland acquired this past offseason, truly spoiled us with something we may never see again. Mitchell scored 71 points and dished out 11 total assists. So, Corey, my man, after digesting that spectacular outing, what is your genuine thoughts on his performance?
1: Uh, I'm at a loss for words, Mac. I mean, it was <laughs> one of the better regular season performances I have seen a long long time and you would think after that Luka Doncic performance a few weeks back that nothing was going to really top that for the entirety of the season but gosh this is pretty darn close might not be the triple double with 20 plus rebounds that we saw with Luka but you know 10 more 11 more points certainly helps that case Donovan Mitchell truly carried the Cavs on his back at a time where the team desperately needed it there were not many outlets to be release valves for the offense and he showed why we paid the Kings ransom for the spider.
0: I would like to think so. And I know, you know, I don't think you should ever go into any NBA game expecting a player to score 50, 60, 70 points. Uh that's just not the norm in regards to, you know, your your routine NBA outing. But Donovan Mitchell It's just something about him in wine and gold that is seemed to have brought out the best in him. I don't know if it's being around so many like minded individuals in regards to just wanting to win. I don't know if it's just the Cleveland of it all and the whole mentality that this town, you know, brings to the table. I don't know. But we seem to have gotten the best version of Donovan Mitchell thus far. And so, you know, for me, you know, 50 and 60 point games happen more and more frequently in today's NBA as the pace is often like breakneck, dude. Like these games are seemingly happening left and right. You know, like you said, we just watched Luka drop a 60 point triple double that, you know, I honestly I don't think we had ever seen something like that happen in an NBA game, at least from a like the triple double standpoint with the 60 points. Uh, We even saw Darius Garland score 51 points this season. Um, And all in all, there have been 13 games this season, Corey, in which a player has scored 50 or more points. Guess what? There's actually been two already this year, and we're just three days into it. And for those of you who may be wondering, Klay Thompson scored 54 points yesterday, the same freaking day that Donovan dropped his 71 uh clay thompson scored 54 against the atlanta hawks in a victory it's that frequent like it, it's crazy i mean uh when a player has scored at least 50 points in a game this season they are 11 in two which is a pretty good record honestly when i was researching this that's a lot better of a record than i thought it would be because typically the like the big thing that you see with these high scoring games is that it often results in a loss <laughs> cough cough devin booker yes exactly <laughs> Harkening back to Devin Booker's (laughs) historic game. Uh, But what isn't frequent is how often a player scores 70 or more points. That puts you in an exclusive club. And there's only been seven players in NBA history that have actually recorded 70 or more points. Seven. Let that sink in, folks. Donovan Mitchell joins an exclusive club that features Wilt Chamberlain, David Robinson, David Thompson, Elgin Baylor, Devin Booker as we mentioned before, and the immortal Kobe Bryant, who scored 81 points back on January 22nd, 2006. Mitchell scored the most points in a game since Kobe, Corey. I mean, the the performance was that awesome. Uh, But for me, you know, the the one telling thing is the fact that this dude scored 55 of those 71 in the second half and overtime combined. So let me my, my question for you is after that first half of basketball, is there anything that told you that this was heading for anything else than an L?
1: No, I mean, the Cavs were struggling on all cylinders. It seemed like shots at,
0: Cavs go through
1: these streaks throughout the season where it just seems like the shots don't fall only to be followed where they have insane hot streaks. Saying the Cavs are streaky this year makes it sound like it's a negative, but the good (laughs) streaks are infinitely better than the bad streak, and longer than, like, bad streaks of play. And the Cavs have only had a losing streak, quote-unquote, like twice this season, I think, when they lose games consecutively. (laughs) But um, for the most part, I did not think – I was just thinking we looked barren in terms of players available. It kind of looked like the team was fatigued but as we all saw Donovan Mitchell score went decided to just put his head down put his hard hat on and got to work and he took the rest of the Cavaliers with him for a ride.
0: Yeah, dude went absolutely ballistic. Honestly, I thought this was as as I was sharing with you before and I think I tweeted this out during the game. You know, following at, at following halftime, I was just thinking to myself, "Well, damn, you know, If you guys are not going to win the game, at least help me win some of my (laughs) parlays, win me some money at least, and I'll be able to sleep well knowing that I'm a little bit richer. Uh, And the, the great thing about it is both things happened, like Mitchell coming into that second half. I mean, dude, you could just tell like he was in a zone and. The biggest thing to me is that, you know, we consider when you're when you're looking at Donovan Mitchell, I mean, dude has probably what you could consider for him to be a he was in a slump, uh, you know, at least according to his standards, his lofty standards that we've seen from him this season. And, you know, if you if you really can even call it that in the previous, I want to say four games, he was just averaging 17 and a half points. 5.3 assists and completing just 32.9% of his total field goal attempts, including 28.9% from range. Now for a lot of players, that's pretty damn good stat line, excluding the, uh, the percentages for Donovan Mitchell. However, that was, you you just needed more from him. And so you absolutely got that in abundance, especially in the absence of all-star point guard, Darius Garland. And, when nobody seemed to really be stepping up, at least you know, in regards to uh, the in regards to Donovan Mitchell's type of uh, mentality, so it was just it just appeared that he took it on himself to to wool this team to victory. Uh, for me, I just look at what this what this means for the Cavs. And so, my next question for you, buddy, is: uh, Is this a good sign? Or a bad sign <laughs> that they had to get literally the eighth most uh, eighth most points in NBA history to win this game
1: I think when you look if you just say like using the 71 points as a barometer for this team I think it's more impressive for Donovan Mitchell that I feel like when you look at these statistics, as you said, some most of the time they lead to loss, but also most of the time they feel like inorganic points. Yeah. Like it feels like the team is kind of forcing the ball to them and just hoping for the best. And it kind of felt like Donovan won shot only 35 times to get the 71 points. So even by that, if he shot all twos and made them, he would still only have 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> so It's pretty incredible to think that A, it was so efficient and B, it felt just so organic with the flow of the offense that it didn't feel like it was just like JB and team huddles writing on the whiteboard, give Donovan the ball, everyone else just stand five feet back and watch him ISO for hours. And that's what I really, what I took away is that one Donovan Mitchell, obviously being the primary scorer for the team can lead to wins and yes. he can be called on when needed to deliver in the big moments, which we knew throughout points in the year. And this was obviously the crown jewels thus far <laughs> of his season. I'm mean, going to assume, regular season wise, this probably will be. But um, no, I don't think it's a bad thing because it, when you're running with the skeleton crew that the Cavs are kind of going with in the, Dale, this
0: game, the skeleton crew,
1: <laughs> in comparison to what the, we expect the lineup to be um donovan was certainly hand handed an interesting cast not really a cohesive one and he had 11 assists too which is equally as impressive because this is the first time someone has scored i think they said like 60 plus points and had 10 plus assists so props again to donovan for once like just keeping the team involved i it didn't feel like a one person show that everyone else had to be in the crowd and just watch And that's what made the game infinitely more fun to watch than just feeling like when you watched like a player like Devin Booker's game, like people were just purposely fouling, doing take fouls and just trying to get those points artificially created. And you didn't get that from this game at all. Like every point was necessary. Every point was needed, but every point was earned at the same time.
0: That was the most beautiful part about it. Like, it was so organic, as you said. Donovan Mitchell, absolutely, every single bucket, every single drive to the basket, every single three-point shot, it was absolutely necessary. And a night where you have players like Karis LeVert absolutely looking like garbage. Wow. (laughs) Like pure garbage out there. And I don't say that to to get on the guy, but – Holy hell, like you just needed more out of Karis Levert last night. And Donovan Mitchell was, you know, he provided on all ends. And speaking of Levert, 10 points, 2 of 13 from the field, Corey. 1 of 7 from 3-point range. For those wondering why Mac
1: is, like, really digging into Karis Levert, he may or may not (laughs) have had money
0: on the Karis
1: Levert over-under because he's a psychopath and puts his house money on Karis Levert's shooting stats which are the least consistent thing on the planet.
0: I have learned my lesson. I got burned, and I will never do it again. All I needed was the do- work was, uh, to score 12 points last night, and obviously that did not happen.
1: What are you talking about? You're in such a good mood.
0: <laughs> 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 That'd be like
1: betting on Jetty Osmond's over-under for minutes. It's like, why are you doing this to yourself?
0: Hey, hey, Jetty's been getting a little bit more run lately. I don't like – I. I'm starting to wonder what that, like, what has this ever been about in regards to Jetty? And, you know, we can, that's another story for another day. But the big story here, obviously, Donovan Mitchell, man, like just absolutely insane. And another aspect I don't want people to lose sight of is that, you know, with those 11 assists combined with those 71 points, he actually accounted for 99 points in total uh, factoring in his own. And so that is the second highest total in NBA history behind Wilt Chamberlain's 104. And the funny thing is about that, Corey, can you take a guess on how many assists that Chamberlain dished out during that game? Two. (laughs) Just two assists in that famed 100-point game. Like, if that doesn't tell you, like, the disparity in in regards to how these two players operated within their times. And you want to hear something crazy, dude? And you've probably seen this stat because after this game, stat lines in regards to Wilts, you know, performance were all over the place. Um, Chamberlain took 63 total shots during that game, 63 shots, and he completed 36 of them. That's good for (laughs) 57.1%. A lot of those came be like turnaround jumpers after sealing off his defender deep in the paint. Like the, when I was watching some of the highlights from that game, and they're very crazy. I, mean, <laughs> I encourage I encourage anybody who's never seen like clips of that game to look at it and just see how attempt he to look his at points. it. <laughs> exactly, attempt to look at it. Like after sealing off his opponents, a lot of time he would shoot a turnaround jumper and he'd make it. I mean. I, he also took 32 free throws. So, you know, in my my estimation is that his opponents must have just accepted the fact that this motherfucker was just so goddamn big <laughs> and strong <laughs> that you know they had no choice but to foul. Uh but guess what? That that shit didn't matter either because he knocked down 28 free throws. What he a could piece. choose <laughs> just like Caris Levert. <laughs> 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 uh Mitchell in comparison only needed again. Uh, 34 shot attempts and 25 free throws to get to 71, which painted him to be ultra efficient, man, completing 64.7% of his total field goals and 80% of his free throws. And, you know, the way he draws his fouls is much different than the way that, uh, Wilt did. Although both drew a ton of contact, uh, Wilt, honestly, in my estimation, again, was fouled mostly out of necessity because guys <laughs> just could not stop that, dude. He's just so big compared to other players. Like, the size of advantages that Wilt had over players during that time was just unfathomable.
1: He definitely had uh, his
0: spinach. I don't know what, you know, like, he's just one of a kind. Like, Wilt, you think he could have played in today's game and age?
1: I feel like Wilt would be the equivalent of, like, I don't know. I I mean, centers are so different now than what they used to be. I mean, I'm sure if Wilt grew up in today's age with his skill set, he would probably be just as talented. But, you know, it's always hard to, like, compare eras. I can't play hypothesize (laughs) Uh, those types
0: of things. I give you that one. I think for me, like, I think Wilt probably could. Like, even his style. I think his style probably would have worked because he could have just dominated dudes. Like... It could have just backed you down all day. And he was kind of like Shaq before Shaq. Yeah. Uh, Giannis that type before of Giannis.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Man, it's not like Giannis is like known as a sharpshooter or anything either. He has honed his skill set over the years. But back when Bolt was playing, that type of style of play just wasn't necessary in a lot of regards. It was kind of unheard of. Definitely so. a better free throw shooter than Giannis. <laughs> yeah, I need to look at Chamberlain's uh, career averages. Uh, but, yeah, Mitchell Jaws fouls a bevy of ways, but most of those come via, like, straight drives to the basket. Um, the think about him, though, he's he's a three-level scorer. We're getting a shot from anywhere. Um, prior, you know, to this game, I just – I had to question myself, like, heading into it. If Donovan Mitchell is going through this type of slump that we pointed out earlier – Somebody has to step up. And so that was that was my my thought process prior to the game. And little did I know, Donovan would just say, Fuck it. I'm just gonna go ahead and do this myself. What slump? Exactly. He said what's Slump. He said, just like Thanos, he said, I'll do it myself. And he put on the <laughs> he put on his shoes and he, he went out there and, and balled out, man. Like just absolutely historic. Performance and you know we're talking about a franchise that has had numerous guys who can light the stat sheet up. I mean, we're we're, we're talking about a franchise that is second now all time scoring was fifty seven by LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Like those two light up like the 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 Cleveland record books in <laughs> regards to scoring. Corey, do you think we'll ever see another Cavalier hit seventy?
1: I mean, <laughs> these are so many hypotheticals, Mac. <laughs> the uh, I feel like, you know, it's hard to predict. I think, obviously, Donovan could possibly break that record. We have players on this team capable of doing it. I could see Darius going off one night for it. But, you know, unless Bronny Jr. comes to Cleveland and looks like his father 110%, then – uh I feel like it, you know, it's just it seems so unattainable right now. So I would have to, if I was betting on
0: it, I'd probably say no. Honestly, I don't like. I mean, I say that and I'm not just living in the moment here, either, folks. I really, honestly believe we may never see that type of stat line again from a Cleveland Cavalier. It, it, to me, it took like some extraordinary circumstances, in in my opinion. Donovan Mitchell was otherworldly hot from three point range last night, like. I can't tell you how many times, like how many possessions during that first half where I'm just like, dude, they're doubling the shit out of Donovan Mitchell. Like Ayo DeSumo and Alice Caruso's point of attack defense on him in that first half, just brilliant. Like I'm sure Billy Donovan couldn't have asked anything more of those guys with the way that they were playing on him defensively. They were literally forcing other players to step up. And guess what? No surprise. Nobody else is really doing that um and so come the second half something must have just clicked don you know after going through that shooting slump he just and i think i think it was either brad doherty well brad doherty or austin carr who pointed it out last night that you know donovan had just been very it seemed like his confidence was down it seemed like it was brad yeah i think you're right i think it was brad i think he pointed out that his confidence was kind of down and you know, Donovan just needed to still take those shots. And he he was, to his credit. Um, you know, a lot of times players will kind of wilt under that type of pressure when they're expected, uh, when more is expected of them. And and Donovan, for what it's worth, went out there and he just said, you know what, I ain't got nothing to lose right now. I am the leader of this team. And put the ball in my hands, coach. And I'm going to try and and make something happen. And And he did. Like, that was absolutely... Ridiculous type of production out of him. So, um, I mean, back to the the topic of discussion. Though. I just do not think we're going to ever see a Cavalier do this <laughs> uh, again. I mean, we we don't think LeBron as the scoring type yet. He hit fifty seven. Um, Kyrie Irving definitely was much like in the same mold of Adonis Mitchell in regards to a scoring mentality, and he never cracked sixty. They never played Cod together <laughs> when he was on the Cavs. So um, Darius Garland, like we, we we now think of Darius Garland as, as a guy who can get his own shot, a guy who's more of a playmaker than he is a scorer. But, you know, he, we know he's perfectly capable of putting up big stats as we just saw him put up 51 points earlier this season. But I just I, – I, I fail to see a circumstance – for in in which he'll actually crack 60 points himself. Um I think this is a record that's probably going to stand the test of time. And I know like these these types of games are happening with more and more frequency as we talked about earlier, but I just don't see it happening. Like I, I, I really don't. If you have a healthy Darius Garland, if you have a healthy Evan Mobley, I just do not see that becoming the uh the, the, the case. And uh hopefully it's not just because <laughs> If it takes that many to win a game, I, I'd i rather this not happen with frequency. You know what I mean? Plus, it's less special back. I mean, we wouldn't celebrate him. It, it's like, well, Donovan Mitchell scored his fourth 70-point game of the season. I mean, just case in point, uh, like I said earlier, Clay Thompson, he dropped 54 last night. Nobody talking about that.
1: said unless it's on um, – the NBA countdown show and they're just going through topics. <laughs> exactly.
0: Like these, these games are happening with more happening with more and more frequency. And, you know, you just look down the list of players who've, who've done this. Um, more and more guys are starting to climb into that. We've seen Kyrie do it. We've seen Joel do it. We have seen Luca do it multiple times this season, which is a whole nother topic within itself. Uh, and, and now Donovan uh, just, just awesome. Uh, but you know what, Corey, one player that I feel like people are not giving enough credit in this game is Jared Allen. <laughs> the fro, man, like he he was not rebounding the ball very well in last night's game. And I think I told you about this before we went live. I put some money down for him to grab some rebounds, <laughs> seven and a half. And, uh, you know, by the grace of God, <laughs> uh, he was able to pull in eight and he won me some money, unlike Karis LeBert. Mac is going to be recording this next episode
1: from a homeless shelter. <laughs> from all the money that he is putting down on
0: these games. Oh, man. Um, Jared Allen, just absolutely phenomenal second half. He always seemed to be in the right position, although he was being boxed out a lot in that first half. Like, Let me ask you something, because this is something that I kind of noticed earlier on in the game, and actually later on down the stretch, the last couple of games with Evan Moby being out. Do you think that there is a correlation with how Jared Allen attempts to rebound the ball and box out when Kevin Love was on the floor as opposed to when Evan Mobley's out there?
1: Uh, Well, definitely – affects his positioning because i think their entire defense is completely shifted around without evan there because we say this all the time evan's very integral to the defense of the team and jared allen is the one who's just stands as a stalwart at the rim yeah but i feel like with kevin love at the power forward that doesn't at all enforce the same defensive versatility that we see with Evan Mobley. So I think Jared has to kind of move around more outside of right under the basket as that last stand for the defense. I think he is expected to do more, be more mobile, start attacking more mobile players. They always give Kevin the less athletic assignment (laughs) of the two players, which means that that means that Jared has to be doing what Evan you normally does. And Kevin's there to hopefully get a charge because if not, the guy is basically just going right by him and Kevin's saying, have a good day as he goes to the rim for an easy transition bucket. But, yeah, no, it definitely is correlated. I don't think it's against Jared Allen that he's not getting these these rebounds, though. It makes a lot of sense when you think about just what Evan allows Jared to do and what Kevin can't let Jared do. Kevin brings a lot more offensively to the table, obviously, in terms of, like, complete offensive game than Evan Mobley does. Not saying Evan Mobley's game's terrible, but Kevin Love is a <laughs> Hall of Famer who is a offensive juggernaut in his prime. And he knows what he's doing, so it's not like Kevin on the floor is a slouch. But, yeah, long story short, yes, <laughs> it does affect Jared Allen's ability for rebounds.
0: Thank you for that long-winded response. <laughs> I'm just... Uh... No lie. You know, I I 100% agree with what you're saying, though, just because there are multiple possessions last night in which I saw Jared Allen go out and defend the perimeter. And, you know, multiple possessions when she was stepping out and defending one of DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine. Like, that was a real thing last night, and he did it quite well down the stretch when they absolutely needed him to. And so, you know, we've often talked about – Uh, Evan Mobley's ability to kind of be that free safety and roam out there and, you know, whenever defend the rim or, you know, head outside and pick up a defender on the perimeter. Uh, Jared Allen kind of took on that role and he has taken on that role over these last uh, few games without Evan, which has left Kevin Love to kind of be that last line of defense, like you said, which is not often a pretty sight. Like we know how much Kevin Love, how much flack he takes for being a lackluster defender. And is it me or are the charges not coming like they did last season?
1: I mean, charges are all about opportunity, I Mm -hmm. think. And Kevin, it's like you can't it's like a really weird stat to keep track of because saying he gets less in the past, maybe he's just not in situations where it's possible. I mean, it's all about positioning. Like maybe he's just not in the right position to even get in the ability to draw a chart. Cause you have to be so subtle with your feet movement because those refs, I just feel like have binoculars <laughs> right on Kevin's feet. Every time they know what he's going to try to do. Him And Kyle Lowry, they get it all the time, but they also attempt to get it a lot more. And it you I feel like when you expect something, you notice when it doesn't happen more than when it does
0: I think that's a perfectly fine explanation, and a uh, you know for Kevin Love I will defend do. Kevin to the death <laughs> I know you will. that's your boy, nothing against Kevin Love. they had a double double last night, and he actually uh he fell out <laughs> uh if that tells you anything, but this was an overtime game, so I'm not going to hold that against him uh because there was actually. Two Cavaliers found out last night. One was Isaac Okoro. One was Kevin Love. Isaac Okoro, gone too soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that said, last guy I kind of want to talk about here, man. Jetty. Jetty, My boy! Was, <laughs> yes. Jetty was surprisingly uh, needed last night, surprisingly efficient. 19 points, 6 of 13 from the field, 4 of 11 from three-point range, plus 15. Jetty Osmond had the second highest plus minus on the court for the Cavs last night. Absolutely stellar showing from Jetty. And I know we kind of talk about this at times. Uh, The Jetty, you know, experience the roller coaster that is Jetty Osmond is always peaks and valleys, (laughs) peaks Uh, and valleys. Uh, Last night was a peak. Um, Hopefully That is something that happens more and more frequently. But we know, as is the case with Jetty Osman, there is a lot of inconsistency. So tell me how you felt about Jetty's play from last night. Do you think he did enough to warrant – dude played 36 minutes last night. Is he going to consistently get 26-plus from now on? Oh, Mac, you innocent child. (laughs) (laughs) But –
1: What you said, surprisingly needed. I think Cavs fans need to take a good look in the mirror and realize that Jetty Osmond is kind of critical to this Cavs offense because we talk about it. We've been talking about it since the season started. Our bench offensive firepower is a little lackluster. We need someone that can uh, have their name called, come in, dial up a few threes, get the defense to play honest, get some offensive gravity. And uh, that's what Jetty Osmond's been doing this season. I mean, we this could be the same song and dance that we said <laughs> last year where we're like, wow, Jetty's playing really well. Wonder what this means. And then we were also at the same time being like, hmm, now what trade packages does Jetty Osmond get us a good return for? And we're two seasons removed from Jetty Osmond being floated around for second-round picks.
0: In every Bleacher Report article.
1: (laughs) It's like, Clippers trade, Jetty Jetty Osmond for second-round pick, TBD. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, that's atrocious. But yeah, no, Jetty – I I don't see a world in which he's going to get consistent 25-plus minutes a game. I think it's going to be like the same way they treat Kevin Love. It's going to be like, how are you playing today? Oh, you're playing bad? All right, you're probably not going to see the floor that much. We'll play more of the Lamar and uh, Isaac route. Or it's going to be, oh, you're playing really well? Well, then maybe we don't need Isaac on the floor as much. Or maybe we don't need Lamar on the floor as much as it's just like, I think the bench is so situational right now. And Ricky Rubio is just going to make Absolutely. The, a quagmire go even deeper.
0: <laughs> uh, Jedi Osman has scored in double figures in four of his last five games. Uh, if that tells you anything. Now, Corey, dude, like, yes. Do we need to look in the mirror? Oh, maybe. But <laughs> this is the thing, man. Like, I don't think – like, we're at the point here where we absolutely – Jetty is a necessity, especially on a night in which you don't have Kevin Love or Karis LeVert coming off the bench. Like, your bench literally consisted of uh, Jetty Osmond, Isaac Okorah, Neto, Robin Lopez. Those are your four guys off the bench who received minutes last night. And we know Robin Lopez is not going to go out there and give you, uh, you know, big nights. Whoa, 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 whoa. Robin Lopez
1: tweeted – after the game, <laughs> he was gonna say that shit. That he and Donovan Mitchell combined for seventy-two. So, <laughs> name a duo that's done that recently?
0: Oh, uh, well, they're averaging thirty-five points piece. <laughs> uh, Actually, yeah. they're averaging thirty-six. But... Oh, yeah, you got me, man. <laughs> look at that math failing right now. <laughs> uh, we know that Robin Lopez is not going to give you a big night. We know how Neto. How no's actually given some pretty decent minutes. How oh, Neto's uh,
1: a stabilizer. He may not be the one you want, but he's the one we have.
0: <laughs> and then Isaac Okoro, who had been playing better basketball as of late, you know, he's still a wild card, at least offensively, and he fouled out last night with only three points. But we know that's not why he's out there. That's the tricky thing about Isaac. So obviously, you know, you need Jetty Osman. To go out there and score, and a lot of his buckets either come one of two in one of two ways: transition layups, absolutely beautiful. When Jetty is out in transition, much like an Acuaro dunk out in transition, you you feel really good about the the chance of Jetty making said layup attempt if he's gotten out in transition on fast break, and or three point makes. Jetty took eleven attempts in three point range last night. Most nights he's going to hit at least two or three of those if he's taken that many attempts, but it's still, you know, inconsistent. So you absolutely need him. But as you said before, when you drop Ricky Rubio into this bucket here and you get a healthy Darius Garland back, you get Evan Mobley back, then you can kind of look here and evaluate whether you need jetty, like high jetty minutes, Mm -hmm. like. I, I honestly do not know what this Cavaliers bench, like the the minute tollers are going to be once Ricky comes back. Because although you can go plug and play with the likes of Lamar Stevens, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, one would think, at least in my opinion, I would think that Ricky Rubio is going to warrant consistent minutes every night. So guys like Jetty Ospin, is he like a, is he, does he fall into that plug and play category or is he a mainstay? Like what is, what is your opinion on that?
1: I think when you look, especially when you look at the relationship between Rubio and Jetty, Jetty's best stretch of play was when he shared the floor with Rubio last season. I think it's going to benefit Jetty Osmond when Ricky Rubio's on the floor. I think if it's going to hurt anyone's minutes, it's probably going to be Lamar. And that's also going to be with the return of Dean as well. I mean, it's gonna be so tricky. I think if anything, we can just spread our starter minutes thinner. I mean, a common criticism amongst Cavs fans is that we're kind of burning out our core players. JB, yeah, God, <laughs> what do you want to win or something? That's weird. Uh, but like, um, yeah, if I think it's what the simple solution is, trim the fat of minutes that we're feeding our (laughs) starters because we have good enough bench players that can be complimentary pieces to the uh, starters when they're on the floor. So yeah, Ricky is going to be really interesting. I hope it makes JB kind of take a step back and kind of look at the long game because I would assume, I think I read that he might start up at like near the middle or end of this month. I think is what I read. And uh, I would assume this will be a a chance for JB to kind of look at the team, see that they're definitely heading for postseason basketball, barring like the entire team just getting injured at once. But uh, that then he can be like, all right, well, we can take the foot off the gas for like starting minutes and spread out the love to the rest of the players on the bench
0: that haven't
1: seen sunlight in
0: quite some time. Yeah, there's there's obviously going to be some decisions to be made by JB. Uh, As the cap said, at 24 and 14 and fourth in the East, you know, I'm by no means am I saying they're a shoe in, uh, but you know, like you said, as long as they stay healthy, they they should be at least no no worse than the fifth seed, in my opinion. Like I think as long as they stay healthy, they have a shot at winning damn near every game they're in, and I think they don't fall below the fifth seed, Um, but that anything could happen. I mean, we saw the same scenario play out last season uh, after such a a forward start. And uh, you know, the crazy thing is about the East this season, man, all eight teams that are, that hold down those eight seeds have won 20 or more games. So it's, it's a tight, tight race. Like if that doesn't tell you how good the Eastern conference is this season, I don't know what will. And then when you look at like the minute totals and trying to keep these guys fresh down the stretch, I mean nights like last night are not going to be the norm. You know, you're not going to see Donovan Mitchell playing 50 minutes every single game, but he still is 37, 38 minutes a night is still pretty damn high amount. And, Multiple Cavaliers are routinely Getting that amount so like you said If they can kind of trim the fat down There in the starting lineup and Lower these minute totals around like 34-33 a game I think you Can find minutes for At at least enough minutes to keep Guys happy like you're Already seeing Lamar Stevens Lamar Only played 19 minutes last night And he started Um, (laughs) It was an honorable Start like a nice tap in He's been starting since he's, uh, you know, over the last couple of games, but he only received 19 minutes last night. And we w- one thing that we've come to understand about that three spot is that it is a, revol- a revolving door at this point in time. And um, guys are going to get their opportunities throughout different points of the season. We saw Isaac Goral have a stretch starting games where he looked pretty good. Dean Wade was supposed to be penciling in at that spot. And I think when he returns to health, whenever that may be, he'll probably get another crack at it. Um, You know, Karis has taking his turn there and may very well get another opportunity at some point.
1: Not you, if Max Wallet has anything to say about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've just seen numerous guys may in that spot and nobody has locked it down yet. And, you know, for the time being, the, at least the foreseeable future until some type of move is made. I know we talked about a lot of hypotheticals tonight, uh, <laughs> but until a move is made, that move, that that roster spot right there that position is probably not going to be uh, you know filled anytime soon. It's not that that three spot is a revolving door, so that's a good spot to be in if you play if you play a wing position for the Cavs if you're capable of suiting up with a three or four. You are almost guaranteed to see some type of time. (laughs) It's
1: like the Cavs checklist for the starting three. Do you have a pulse? Yes. All right. Good start. Do you have you played the position in the past? Yes. All right. You're locked in for at least 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) Are you at least six foot five? Yeah. I mean, if you got it, you're in. I mean, hell, you know, you know I love this guy, but Mamadi Diakite, you know, he he saw some minutes there. He started. I mean, literally. So many players have gotten an opportunity here, and I just don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, But with that being said, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, they face the, uh, I believe that they are going into a matchup with the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. So that should be a a litmus test here. Is Devin Booker still out? I believe so, yeah. Okay. So maybe not
1: did a handstand at practice according to the <laughs> podcast Spencer Davies so
0: oh, man I don't know what yes. that means but that means something <laughs> that does uh they will face the Phoenix Suns at uh the rock and mortgage field house tomorrow so hopefully one dollar tickets <laughs> hopefully Donovan Mitchell can carry this type of uh this type of energy into the game against Phoenix but I mean truth be told man I don't want to see this type of uh game again i just i just don't because it just took too much out of my soul in regards to the the hole that they had to climb out of although however exciting it was
1: you can't get valleys without peaks
0: Uh, Corey getting philosophical is a sign that we need to go ahead and close <laughs> out the episode. What the hell? <laughs> uh, with that said, like we always tell you guys, if you want to reach out, reach out to us, you can at cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If, if you want to be added to the exclusive its cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, take a screenshot of said review, and email that to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and we'll send you an invite. That said, go calves.
1: Go calves.